It's your weekly dose, Johnny. I've talked about that. You got to have it. It's just like the vaccine. The vaccine, you're going to have to have two, right? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. You got to take two doses. Well, of the Pfizer vaccine, yeah. We're like the other guys with one dose, non-refrigerated. Yeah, there was a comedian that compared it to the rival vaccines that are probably going to be released to like when the two movies that are very similar come out. Like you had... Tombstone and White Earp. White Earp. You had uh, Dante's Inferno and, and uh, Volcano. Volcano. And then you also had The End of the World when you had Armageddon and uh, what was that one called? Deep Space. No, Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Yeah. Wow. So you had all that happen, and uh, that's what the vaccines are going to be. It's going to be like a rival. You had two doses? Loser. <laughs> you mean you're not a zombie yet? Wow. Yeah. You must have taken the other one. Oh, you're going to love being a zombie. Yeah, I mean, Wonderful. not to alarm people, but you know, this is the entire premise of I Am Legend. A lot of movies, a lot of sci-fi movies had that. You had 28 Days Later, right, where a virus yeah. may turn people into things. But that wasn't the virus. It was the, You're saying that I'm alleged it was the vaccine yeah. that, that did it to people. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Will Smith. You know, we're all well, he out. had the cure, though, right? His Man. blood ended up being the... Man, come on, Johnny. You know, I did preach a whole message of I'm legend. Of course, we all did. Oh, my goodness. Anybody worth their salt found an allegory in that. I didn't call it I am Jesus or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I am Omega. <laughs> But it really was perfect. Like, if he had yeah. the answer within his own blood, but he had to die to give it to you the whole time. Oh, my goodness. And, guys, that's our episode. Uh, we have wrapped it up. That's your that's your Thursday night camp right there. Oh, that's your, yeah, man. You save that one. Listen, if I get asked to speak at a camp, I'm still going to do it. You just, yeah, you're like, guys, do you remember a movie that came out about 15, 16 years ago? Well, Jeffrey ripped me a bunch of, because uh, I did, I don't know, it was probably six years ago, five years ago, but Jeffrey ripped me a bunch of, of scenes from it. I oh, think. okay. So, yeah, that helped. That was back when everybody, of course, everybody still does the whole, like, God at the Movies mm-hmm. series every summer. We did a God at the Movies series one time. I don't think we've done it since. But. Well, there's always, like, youth pastors, it's, you, it's harder to... You want to relate. It's like all about being relevant. So, yeah, you'll be like, oh, there's a scene I love in Tommy Boy. How can we extrapolate <laughs> a Jesus message from I'm it? I'm still quoting Dumb and Dumber so much, and I'm so dated, but it's still so funny well, to me. Uh, have we told the story of when uh, our friend... Well, we should have told that when, when uh, Brian passed, but that was one of my favorite memories of working with Brian, our friend who was a youth pastor that we were both youth leaders underneath. He did a revival somewhere. And the day of, he goes, I'm doing this message about how when you don't have a vision, you're just going around in circles. We need, we got to have, you know, whatever. <laughs> so he goes, do you, you remember European Vacation? I go, yeah, I remember that movie. He goes, there's a scene where they just keep driving around and they get stuck in a, in a roundabout and the, the, the Chevy Chase character is going, look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. And yeah. he, he, can't, he can't merge. Right. So he's just like, kid, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. And he gets more and more angry. And so rip that scene. So I, basically, this was back in the day when you do, I had to go get like a AV, AV cart. Yeah. <laughs> I had like an AV cart and I like queued it up to that scene. And I didn't really, I just got it to where that scene started. And then the day of, I remember thinking... I need to watch this to make sure there's... Because European Vacation was like PG-13. I'm uh-huh. like, I wonder if there's... So I watched the scene, and he gets like halfway through. Big Ben, Parliament. Big Ben, Parliament. And he's getting anger and anger. And then he goes like the fifth time, and he goes, son of a... And he just begins just... <laughs> he lets the expletives fly. And and I, so I told Brian, I was like, yeah, we're not going to... Because it, it was a, it was an event we were playing at as yeah. a, in a band, so we were at preach. home. Like, well, yeah, we right. So we, he would have let Exploits fly in the at, middle of the and right. not known. And he goes, so I went to him. I go, hey, you're not. I went ahead and I skimmed this scene, and you're not going. to... He goes, well, I assumed that you like. He was like, I assumed you were going to watch the thing. <laughs> he was terrified to think that I didn't just 
watch uh, it for yeah. like this is like you know half an hour before he was going to preach about it. Yeah. So you're going to want to find another example. I had that happen to me last. It was maybe this year on something. I was trying to use a clip from something, and I happened to watch it, and yeah. it was. It had stuff I didn't remember. That just shows how desensitized you are to oh it, John. Goodness. You let it in, and right. then before you know it, Chevy oh. Chase is cussing out your children, <laughs> which I think he would do in real life. I think he's he's a very surly person from what I've heard. Oh, man. Yeah, he's not one of the good ones, one of the famous people that you're like, he's so humble. Like I heard Chevy Chase is not. Right, he's no not, Steve Martin. He's not kind, sure. no. Yeah. So. But it's, it's hurt him. That's the thing. Like you always hear people like, "How does he still get work?" Well, Chevy Chase does not get work. And no. It's because he's hard to work with. Yeah, that's my excuse too. That's okay. why they yeah, they're jealous of you. They're jealous <laughs> of all your success. I'm very surly. Very surly. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Sadie and I watch Christmas Vacation. Of course, it's about to come out yeah. every year. So we Sadie and I have like some pretty big Christmas movie traditions. So we watch Elf. Right. We're already laughing. Just thinking about Elf. We, we talked about the car of the day. Love it. Looking forward to it. Uh, we watch Christmas Vacation. Although I have to turn off a couple scenes. What do you the, do? You skim them? What do you do? Do you I skip? just fast forward a little bit or, yeah, or, I don't know. If I hit the guide button, then it covers it. You know what I'm saying? With the, oh. You know, if, so... Um, but that means you have to know like explicitly where it is. I know. I know. I mean, again, it's, I've been watching this movie since I was a kid. Yeah. So, But you don't trust her to be able to filter it out. But even though you watched it when you were a kid. Right. That's interesting. Everything you're saying you're right now You're trying to protect her true. from, even though it didn't hurt you. I mean, are you inexplicably damaged? You're like irrevocably because you heard a curse word? Uh, it's not. Well, no. It's not the curse. I get you don't want your children to grow up before it's their time or whatever. You're yeah. trying to protect them. There's there's something. There's a there's a middle ground, right? Most of From us is, building is it, a bubble it's versus. Ge- it's generally the sexual things that I'm okay, trying. It's, sure. it's less about the profanity and more about the sexual things. Yeah, it is interesting though. And I, and again, I don't have children, but I do. I've I've seen arguments on both sides of this stuff. Like where, like I mean, I remember watching Die Hard two, where a plane crash happens. The terrorists kill like 240 people on screen. They just go up in a fireball. Yeah. And that was like a PG movie. Yeah. And, but if that movie had shown a nipple, you know what I'm saying? Like it would have definitely been a hard R. It's just, I'm interested by that in our culture, that whole, like what we decide is objectionable. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is when you said that I remember European vacation has a a nude scene. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me it's PG-13. I think it's PG-13. Which is crazy. Yeah. I think back in the day when you had a PG-13, you could show... Uh, that's nuts. Partial nudity. Because I think there's a topless yeah. there's a topless scene in that. Which I remember when I was a kid going, uh, that's not, this is supposed Somebody to be. May, you know, somebody's going to write and correct us and say it's R, but I really don't think so. I believe, there's no way to know, believe, by the way. There's no, no there's, way we could find well, out. By the time I look it up, we don't have like a producer that could look it up for us <laughs> and we keep talking. So that's the reason we don't ever fact check. People always go, why don't you just fact check yourself in the moment? It's because people run their car into guardrails. It's so boring if we stop every minute. and yeah. So we just go on saying incorrect things. <laughs> <laughs> and just go with it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's our way. There's no way to know. This is the way. Are you watching Mandalorian? I am. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. The spider stuff really freaks. It creeped me out. I told her, I said, I'm definitely having night terrors yeah. tonight. Just so you know, it's happening. Yeah. Because I take uh, melatonin now, too. And, you know, that gives me very vivid dreams. Mm. I don't have sleep paralysis. or I don't have sleep uh, night terrors anymore, but I have sleep paralysis. So I'll have like a bad dream, but I'm like, you're stuck in it. I'm stuck in it. So I don't get up and like turn on the lights and think that there are rats in the room. Yeah. But I do have dreams. There are rats in the room and I just let them crawl on me. I don't know which is, (laughs) I don't know which is much more terrifying. It is right. Yeah. 
wow, that's, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people don't react to melatonin that same way, but I definitely do. Yeah. I'm taking 100 milligrams. Are is you that sure too many? you're not dropping no, acid? I'm taking, is it? <laughs> it is for a lot of people. Some people's body chemistry reacts differently to it. Uh-huh. Like some people can't even take like one or two milligrams. I take 10. Wow. And some people think that's like you're overdosing. And then I know people that take 20. Wow. So it's. We have some. I don't know what. I, I just take. Do you take it? You take. Is it a gummy? What do you do? No, it's a. How it's are you a, It's it? a dissolvable under your tongue. Yeah, is I it, take it, a dissolvable. Yeah. But I don't. I still chew it. I don't. It's hard. I don't understand why you have to let it dissolve. Does know. that matter? I don't know. Am I doing it wrong? Maybe that's why I'm Maybe hallucinating. That's you should let it dissolve tonight to see what happens. Okay. So. Good yeah, I was. I do have a couple of allergy nasal sprays prescription, and I noticed one. I don't take it. I, I used to take Flonase as the steroid. Um, yeah. And I tried to take this because I was waking up coughing again because that's my thing, you know. And I took the, the stronger it's steroid. It's kind of my thing. Oh, yeah, I've been doing it since college. I wake up coughing, you know. And uh, I started having crazy dreams. And yeah. I realized one night I woke Laura up, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's bad because she has a sleeping disorder as it is. So don't wake her up. Like I usually, as soon as I'll, I'll need to get him go to the bathroom, but I'll know if I move and she's sleeping so peacefully, I'll just lay there, like just tortured. Wow. Trying to let her sleep another minute because you never is... know. Because it's very, very common for her to get three hours. Yeah. You know, and, and then so you're like, okay, don't move, you know. Um, I feel like you really love your wife and you're kind of terrified of her. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that the next day then she has, she's, she does great. I had one night this year, one, one night this year. That I only got three hours of sleep. Yeah, and I was an absolute just zombie the next day. And yeah, I need I need more than that. She can just function. I can do seven now though. Yeah, I can do six or seven, and I'm okay. But now. That's that. Yeah, that, that, that's like I don't nap at all. I realize that I've not taken a nap in like years. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, on a Sunday, occasionally. Listen, the best like nap, you fall. Yeah, you fall asleep at halftime. You wake up. Uh-huh. It's like middle of third quarter, late yep. fourth quarter, and you're like, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. You didn't miss the end of the game. No, it's everything you want it to be though. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just fell asleep because I get up early Sundays. Yeah, you know? and so especially if I led worship. Are you trying to say you're better than me? Because you got I don't know about you. Some of us go to church, Johnny. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, so uh, I, I woke her up one night. And the next night, yeah. I found myself sitting up. It was very Johnny W esque, mm-hmm. and I was throwing punches like this forward, but not towards her. Right, but and you're punching something. The next night, I stopped taking the uh, nasal spray. Okay. So I, it's like, well, which is better, punching my wife or coughing? So I've chosen, I'm just, you know, it's it's a fine line, Johnny. I don't know if I ever punched anybody. You know, I've got a golf club leaned in the corner at my bed. Oh, dear. Because, you know, we don't have guns or anything. Yeah. But I never remember that it's there, and I, I, I'm like trusting myself to remember if I see something. There's a, And plus of all, I'm giving him a weapon, too. Right. Like he's coming Ooh, in. Ooh, look, golf club. Hey, look at this. Like he forgot his weapon. Yeah. Oh, thank you for this. Yeah. Um, that used to be a Seinfeld bit where he would say like the door, the bar that goes down into the floor. Uh-huh. You know, remember those old locks yeah. where you'd see the bar that goes down into the floor? Like the. He goes, that's great because when somebody kicks in the door, they now have something to beat you with. <laughs> so that's true. It's a good point. It's like a crowbar. But yeah, so I was the idea that I'm going to wake up out of a dead sleep and remember, oh, I've got a a driver in the corner to grab. I do. Plus, you need a lot of room to swing one of those. I have many times heard something, and I, I'm, I'm surprised how fast I can have the gun in my hand and ready. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. That makes me feel good and bad. But good yeah. than if I needed it. But And uh, it's loaded? It's loaded, but it's not racked. Okay. Meaning I have Safety's to... Safety's on or whatever? 
There's no, I safe, know so little there's about, no safety on my gun. Oh, no. I have multiple guns, but... I know so little about guns. My main one, it's not... It, it's this is, So this is what they say. You're going to laugh at this. A lot of guns, they say, oh, your safety is your trigger. Um, meaning, well, you have double action, single action. So when you have it in double action, then... Uh, or, maybe, or maybe it was single, actually. I think a lot of those people have accidentally killed people. Yeah, it's a... Safety you've got to know trigger. how to use your gun. That's the point. Like, yeah. yeah so you, you put it in double action. I mean, it's... it's safety's a, between your ears. It's I mean, in your mind. It's right here. <laughs> I mean, it's a real... It's a much harder pull-through to yeah. get it to go. If right. you have it at, I'm sorry, guys. I don't remember if it, which one is single and double, but... We're going to get so many Oh, emails. my gosh. Someone's going to really freak out. you got a gun. You know, I know... No, I'm just meaning, like, your, your gun knowledge is going to be called into question. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're yeah. like, you should know the gun. Guys... Uh, you come proud right now. From my, From my cold, cold dead. Yeah. <laughs> we just turned into Scott uh, Stapp or Scott Stapp. Stapp. <laughs> that's what, that's what the guy. From my cold dead. And then he just commits a gun crime and he gets sent to my own prison. <laughs> it's really sad to see. Oh man! But no, it's uh, yeah. Um, you look. Hey, if I, I'm, I was telling saying this to somebody the other day, like I'm so glad there are people who like. Like, I, I'm so Second Amendment, I'm on board. It's just, we talked about that on the podcast last week. They're yeah. like, you can be Second Amendment and also be like common sense gun laws. Yeah. You know, that we shouldn't, like, should people be able to buy a rocket launcher? Right. You know, probably right. not. Yeah. You know, or like bullet, uh, uh, you know, armor piercing, where it's clearly just to kill cops. Yeah. Like, should that be out there? I don't know. Yeah. And the people always say like, but what if the government comes after you? You got to be ready. It's like, well, <laughs> Ruby Ridge or whatever. It's like, you know what? They do have rocket launchers. Yeah, you're not going to win a battle against our government. Have you seen our military? We spend billions every year to make it even bigger. Yeah, but I don't know. And again, I'm I'm okay with the government having rocket launchers as long as as long as you got your pea shooter. <laughs> I don't know. You know, again, freedom is a funny thing, even biblically. Freedom freedom is not often what we think of it as. Um, because the modern day, and I think even ancient, freedom is not the absence of boundaries. Like, that's not the definition biblically of freedom. Uh, in fact, you are free within God's ways when you allow yourself to have the boundaries. When you submit yourself to something, right. there is greater freedom within it. Right. Um, you know, I mean, my I have a little dog who's a little over a year old. And since we moved to this house it's got a, a, a backyard with all kinds of like basically there's lots of open spaces around it and he will just run like if you lose him I told you that day one time I mean I had literally ran like two miles and I had to lay out and dive to grab him like he won't let you catch him he thinks it's just a game you know right um, so I have the fence around there it, the fence is get, granting him more freedom like because when he's outside I'm not worried about it as long as he's inside the fence yeah and he and there was a rabbit, by the way, last night I took him out, and there was a rabbit somehow inside the fence. Oh, yeah, my and dogs he, have done that. I've never seen my dogs run so fast than oh, when a rabbit was in our fence. He was in heaven. Yeah. I mean, he was full. I mean, of course, he's only like 12-pound dog, mm-hmm. but he, he thinks right then he's a wolf. Like, he is absolutely – and I feel bad for the rabbit because the rabbit couldn't get out, but he finally found somewhere to get out because the dog didn't catch it. I don't know what he would yeah. do. So. But in that moment, though, he's free, though. You know, he's free because he has the boundaries. So – I think the founders, even if you take that politically, I don't, they never, there's never like right. open, there's no such thing as living with people and having 100% freedom like, for yeah, anything. Yeah, autonomy to do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Well, even a libertarian would say, 
uh, you're free until it impinges on someone else's liberty. You right. know what I'm saying? And which that's then then they get into the interpretations of that. Yeah. So like people who are anti-mask would be like, well, this is my freedom to do whatever I want. But then they would say, yeah, but no, but you have the potential to make me ill. Right. So now you're impinging on my liberty. So wear the mask. So it can be interpreted in many different ways. Well, we have seatbelt laws. Yeah. And, and, and a lot have, of people think those are bad too, but I don't know. We have, to me, smoke, I, we have smoking laws. Right. We have secondhand smoke. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's probably a great, you know, I, I guess yeah. comp to it. You know, I, I can't, even though I have freedom to do this to myself. Have you ever been in an airport that had like a smoking lounge? I think there's one in Atlanta airport. I've seen them like outside, like, like a no, no. There's off. one where it is a sliding door windows within the wow. terminal, so you can see just the just people just somehow. It's like you can watch them get cancer. Like it's so wow. the elevated levels of smoke in that room because it's all trapped yeah. in there. It's like a you know twenty square foot box, and you're just watching them. Like what are you doing? Like I'm. I have vices, but like I've never been so addicted to something. I was like, I'm gonna go sit with these people and do this thing, knowing like people are watching me like it's a sport. <laughs> there was a there was a meme today, and it was ESPN posted. It said, "What do you? Does anybody have an, uh, a something you do that's not a sport but feels like a sport?" And people started putting ideas. I put one out, and it was like trying to carry in all the groceries in one trip. <laughs> yes, that was mine. That definitely feels like a sport because it feels like you're getting points somehow. Of course, Facebook, we've talked about, I feel like that's a sport. That's why guys are so into it because it feels, Facebook feels very feminine when you get it, when you boil it down because it's kind of, there's an exhibitionism to it and there's a showing pictures of your kids. There's, there's a lot of that. And there's like, you know, uh, culturally, you know what I'm saying? It just feels more, but then you go, well, it's masculine because we found a way to add points. So now (laughs) guys are like, I'm all in. Look how many hearts I got. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, I think Facebook is definitely already. So just the fact that they would post on social media and like, what feels like a sport, but isn't a sport like social media, hundred percent. But what do you think? What do you, cause you like well, you're, you're, t- chasing your dog down. That's one. You're going to laugh. What? Even when I was a kid, weed eating was like a sport to me. Oh, sure. Cause I, you, you can see where you've done it, where uh-huh. you've not, there's a, it's a finish. There's a finish line. Yep. You're, you're doing it for time. And there's other guys in the crew that I'm faster and yeah. better than. And I, and I had skill. Like, you right. know, I can, there was a time in life, Johnny. So you heard the Rocky theme in your head when you're doing this. That if I, I was so good with a weed eater that I could take a petal off of a flower without cutting down the flower. Like, yeah. So wow. when you go around little trees and stuff, I can get the grass that's touching yeah. that's touching the tree without hurting the tree. Yeah. Like I had all these techniques and stuff. Because I did it for, guys, I mean, 20 years of my life or more. You know I, what's up. I weed eated like crazy, you know. And so I, I remember thinking when I was a kid, especially, you know, like all the athletes and stuff, like, I, I can't compete with them. But, man, if we could just strap on a weed eater, right. you know, on field day. Now it's your, they're in your world. <laughs> it's like, come at me. And it's such a weird, that's a weird fantasy. I don't know that people would watch that sport <laughs> at all. I mean, you know, they watch the, uh, they watch the tree cutting sports, you know, with the, with the chainsaws and that stuff. That feels like, I guess, but that feels, feels more, mas- more it masculine. Does, doesn't it, though? Yeah. Everything Weed. that other people Yours do. Yours is like a, it's a, like a microcosm version, though, because you're cutting down grass. They're cutting down trees. Well, see, though. my whole thing is like, like an axe. Yeah. Well, you know, I could write my name on the side of a hill with a weed eater. Uh, yeah. in the grass, obviously. I've written my name in the snow, but that's different. That's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've weeded in the rain. That's a whole, you know, you could do it. Dude, you're like the postal service. So, yeah. Rain, snow, sleet. You know, my dad basically got struck by lightning one time. No we way. We were weed eating. Uh, we were doing, it was the last complex of the day. It's called Winland. 
and it was our it was only like ten buildings. It's our smallest one. If you get to Winland, like it, you're home free. Mm-hmm. Like you've worked all day because some of our places had you know, uh, you know, forty apartments and huge ditches, and Winland's like the last of the days, the easiest one. And so it it was starting to rain. We're like, oh, we're just gonna finish because we're not yeah. driving back out here tomorrow. And I remember I was weeding this curb, which again means I have a big metal rod yeah. in my hand. Right, it's not safe. And I heard this just thunderclap, you know, because I, I right now, I'm so attuned to lightning and thunder that the moment I see lightning, I immediately always start counting out loud to want to know how far away it is. Because right. I learned that being outside, you got to take cover or whatever. And so it just came, like no warning, just this huge, and I knew it was right over us. I guess my dad was on a lawnmower, and he happened to be right below a branch. And it hit the branch and basically showered the electricity on wow. him and the. I think it knocked him off the mower. Wow! And like he was shocked and everything, and it he got this dad. He just gets back up and keeps my light. Didn't got up and kept going. You know. Yeah. My mom always joked that he kissed better after that. She always <laughs> like <laughs> we'd always go gross, you know. But she's always like, yeah, I never. It's just she'll still say to this day. You know, I tell you that I always said after that, your dad had he just kissed a little better after that he got struck by lightning. But it was pre- pretty dangerous. Like he, Sheesh. you know. But uh, yeah, man, dude, there's a whole there's a whole world. You know, I put a GoPro. I watched it the other day. Jeffrey gave me a GoPro. Dad, don't uh, tell me you put it on your weed. Either. I did. Oh my! Because Lord. I realized, and Dad used to always that's tell the, me that's this. the most dad thing I've ever heard of. Well, it was because, and, and, and people have to understand, it was a family business. So from age, Dad did it for forty something years, yeah. and, and it was the last cut. So he was retiring from mm-hmm. it, and I, we realized we had so little like. Today you take your phone, but we had like no photos. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this since like uh, I was eleven, and you know, Dad did it since before I was born. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have this our whole lives. We don't have the the main thing, a lot of photographic or video evidence, and so, and we were never going to go back out and do it again. This was kind of like the ending of literally yeah, ending of an era. Yeah. So I took out and took some pictures of the truck and Dad. And I saw him the other day, and then I put a. I was like, I, you know, like I can still remember where all the trees and the culverts are and all these things and the curbs. And so, yeah, I, I went out there and, um, put a GoPro on to just have some memory of it that mm-hmm. I would, you know, see it in the future. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's not a sport, but it's this weird part of my life. That's like, I don't know. I can see it. I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of guys take mowing very seriously anyway. Yeah. Uh, like I feels like my neighbor in my, in right across the street from me is always mowing and he has the most immaculate yard. Yeah. And I just, I keep mine up just enough to not get letters on my door. I'm that guy. I'm like the very other end of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm the guy that was kind of upset that we had such a wet summer because usually my grass dies by like mid-August. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I mean, it rained the whole summer. And so my, my yard has been lush and I'm tired of mowing because I've mowed my whole life. I don't want to mow anymore. Right. I enjoy it. When I go do it, but I just don't want the, when I'm writing, especially it's like, I don't, I don't want to take that. I just can't do it. I just, I don't know. I've, you know, I've, I hired Seth's company to do it for the, it's worth it to me. Just don't, I have like two pair of green shoes in my garage and yeah, I don't know. And I travel so much too. That's part of it. I guess I just, it's one other thing. Yeah. I'm sure I could, I'm I'm justifying because I'm lazy. I don't want to mow my own grass. You know, we've been in a pandemic and you're still paying somebody to. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Man. Wow. And I've not been working either, so. 
But, there, but I found money to do that because I still don't want to mow my yard. Yeah. So well, like, you had to go buy a lawnmower then. Yeah. It was a smart move. There you go. I don't know. No, it wasn't. I'm not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. Oh, uh, yeah. But well, we were talking go. last night about should we get a person in the spring to come, like hire somebody to come do like the deep clean of the house? Uh-huh. So we've never had that done. Huh? Like we clean the house, but then there was somebody that come in and like do all the everything, the baseboards, the baseboards and, the and all the fans and yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, God, what a spoiled, like yeah. the idea of a person coming in to do that is such a, it's a very privileged thing, but we're probably going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there and that's what you do. Oh man. Well, no, you know, I think that people, someone from the outside sees your house differently than you do, you know? Yeah. So they'll, they'll get things, you know, I'm always fascinated by reading ancient, you know, even biblical literature, like, like servants of some sort or people who provided services. That was a part of, of life for everyone. I'm yeah. not talking about slavery, obviously, like that, but if you look, you know, that was the way even the world the, needs ditch diggers, John, in the Roman times, even your, your right. There's doctors yeah. and your, your teachers were generally private, Yeah, you know, and so they might live with the family, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, you just, you know, I don't know. I, th- I see people with a lot of kids, especially, and I go, yeah, oh, through, yeah throughout history, either either the community would have been a part of that. Yeah. You know. It takes a village, John. Well, there you go. And, you know, it, it also, even though the moms probably didn't have jobs, you know, in, in ancient times, they still would need help. Like, it's a big job. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's a... But having said that, do you want a bunch of people helping you raise your kids? Guys, like I'm putting out a, a, a all points want, bulletin. Yeah. I'm looking for some help for our yeah. one, our one daughter. Yeah, so. she's a handful. She's too much. <laughs> I tell you, man, the, having her home three days a week doing school is she's been doing it like a champ. Laura gets up every morning an hour before Sadie, and on those days, and I mean, my wife is just my gosh. I mean, she's just like a. I don't know. She's well. She gets up because she's already woken up by you coughing. Well, probably, yeah. So I may as well her, get up. I lay her as long as get I get ready for this school day. But she takes all the assignments because there's not just it's not just like easy to see. Like she puts them all into one list because the programs they're using with Wilson County are mm-hmm. not they're they're not the best. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, you got this thing and this, and it's all different, different passwords, different you're, whatever. You're impugning the school system of our county. You're cool with going on the air with that. I am beginning my run for public office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got to talk about this because you said you did a trip to Anna Maria Island and that they have a position there yeah. for mosquito management. Mosquito control. Mosquito control. It's an elected position. Well, I'm that's, what, that's what I meant on management. I didn't mean like he was actually managing the mosquitoes. <laughs> Everybody, is everybody in here? All right, let's start this Zoom meeting. Zoom. Okay, no. It's hey, hi, he, he's Zoom. not managing. Oh, but yeah, so he's man- He's controlling. That's, yeah. that's how big of an issue it is there. Yeah. That you've got an elected position. I wonder if the guy has to have some special... I would think you'd want to hire someone who knows about mosquitoes. What's the... I mean, what are the... Like, I'm just trying to think of like the slogans like, Bob Lard, you know, Bob Watson for mosquito control. I've got the big net. Like, what is his? How do you prove you're better than the <laughs> other guy? I, I, I use chemicals that won't put you in the hospital. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Wait till you see my barrel of poison. <laughs> Dot com. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And there was only one sign that I saw throughout. Then the you town. have somebody that's like pro mosquito for some reason. You're like this guy's a kook. <laughs> Let the mosquitoes live. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> what are they hurting? Really. Yeah, it was a very strange. I don't know. I want to know if he won. 
I want to know, you know, and how did his life change? Did he have an acceptance a, speech? You know what I'm saying? That's true. And what, I'm wondering what something like that pays. I don't know. Or do you just pay it because like, it's good because you're for your business. Maybe he runs a business on the side where he benefits from, or is that, is that a conflict of interest? If it's an elected where position. Or if you have yeah, an elected position, then you can't monetize it by being like the pest control dude. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe what you're voting on is the contract. Like you're voting on who's going to get the contract with the whole island so that everyone's not competing all the time. They're, they're sick and tired of people walking up to their door going, ma'am, you want me to spray your yard? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're just going to hire one guy and you're all going to vote on who it is. Man, that's what it is. Huh. Ma'am, are you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who told you? Who sent you here? The mosquitoes? Get out of here. <laughs> it's kind of like when, when a tornado comes anywhere near town. Yeah. People start knocking on your door. Roofers. You have yeah. Roofing companies. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And you never even know if they live in your city. They're just oh, like yeah, often, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, although I did get a new roof one time because of a couple From of like a fly-by-night roofer? Uh, one of those guys? No, actually it was a mutual friend of ours. So, but, Okay. But the insurance company paid for it. That's, that's point, nice. So, yeah. I think that same friend did my roof. Yeah. How do you like that? It's crazy. We're not gonna. He's not a sponsor, so we're not. <laughs> if you would like to be a sponsor, that's right. That's the we'll only say way. Your name, so but. Uh, well, that there's a lot of hurricane activity in uh-huh. Anna Maria too. So maybe they have like a shingle coordinator. Maybe that's another elected. Uh, you know who knows a roof a roofing uh, moderator. I don't know what happens. I gained eight pounds. That's in a, like in a, a week. tenth of your body weight. I gained eight pounds. That's a lot. You're not a big person. So they, I don't see it. That's the thing is like, I don't ever see it when you go, I'm huge. You never look huge. I am grabbing me. my fat roll as we speak right but now. But you're behind a desk. I you can't, can't tell. It. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the deal is that I had already gained some weight and then I had taken it back off. Mm-hmm. I was down to my, uh, I have a 10 pound range I try to stay in. And I was at the top of Between the 10. Between what? 230, 240. Where are you at? No. <laughs> I, try, I don't mind saying, I try to stay between 165 and 175. Like 175, right. if I get to 175, like, okay. Red alert. Yeah, I need to. So 170, like I'm- I can't even imagine why I would look okay. like at 175. So I would just well, be, you're significantly, would just be a bag of bones, I think. You're, you're a lot taller. No, but if you look at like the BMI chart, yeah. like I'm still overweight, technically overweight. I'm not, I'm not obese anymore, but I'm overweight until I get to like 204. Like what? 204 is the, the high end of normal for my height at 6'4". No. Yes, on BMI. So if you I just don't... go by height weight, like I'm still overweight at two, I'm 217 now. But that can't be, see, here's the thing. That's Law, how it works. Law always quotes so you look at like stuff. Football, think about football players. Like Derrick Henry is obese. Like, I hate those charts. They're such a lie. I, I don't think they're, listen, and, and Laura always quotes It's a guy. It's just one like, factor. It's whatever. But but she's always quotes that. I'm like, honey, you're not, like, according to something, I'm Oh, uh, no, I'm that's like, dumb. no, no, that's dumb. You know, uh, I'm sorry. I challenge the medical community. Thank you. come you. on this podcast and prove yes. me wrong. So okay. you can't trust science. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, but yeah, it's good to have a range. It's good. To, there's factors. There's things you go. Okay, well, I'm gonna. Yes, I. I, I want to know the BMI. I want to know it, but also like you can't let that be a controlling like one. I'm one pound away from being okay with myself. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm if I look at that number and I don't like that number, I'm gonna feel bad about myself all day. Like I'm just I'm beyond that now. Yeah, I am too. Like, look, it it's a range for health. Like it's a range to try. You know, same thing. Like I used to run. I used to turn my uh, GPS tracking run tracker off whenever I finished running Mm because I walk another couple miles usually. 
And then I'm like, why? Because it was messing up my time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so or I would stop the run and start a new one that I knew was my walking time. I do that. Time. I do that. But so now I'm, I'm very, like, what's I'm the very point? Insecure. I yeah. know. You I know, know in your heart of hearts. Yeah, you really it doesn't did. matter. So when I get home and now it says because I walked two more miles that right, I hurt your average. If the five miles was actually 13 minutes or whatever was my average. I just like I don't That's care. Still pretty good. John. I don't care anymore. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like it's yeah. fine. Like who's seeing it? I don't share it. Who's seeing it? But the point the point of this is Johnny. I had I had worked my way back down to 175. Oh. Okay, I was at 170. Still the top of my range. I'm like, okay, I've done pretty good. And I went on a trip. And Johnny, I ate. What are you? What are you? Five ten? What are you? I am five nine. Five nine. Okay. Ish somewhere. I'm I, gonna pull up the BMI and just so, see where we're at here. When I when I got back from that trip, yeah, Johnny. 183. I went from 175. What kind of things were you eating? Give me an example. Of how of do you how do you gain eight pounds? I think a better question would be quick. what kind of things were I not eating? Weren't I? Weren't I? Or was, was I? Was I don't know how to conjugate this. It's fine. So, uh, but dude, I ate everything. And they have in Anna Maria. They have what's called uh, donut experiment. <laughs> I took the experiment very like I experimented with donuts uh, of all. A lot of people, some people experiment with drugs, right? like in college. It was you like a drug. waited to your 40s to experiment with donuts. Let me tell you something. It's a journey. And, and, and we have like memories with that place because we took Sadie when she was little. So it was like a return, a return. But anyway, when I returned and now I'm running, I've, I've already run three times this week. I've had no desserts and I'm back a low carb and I have lost a pound and a half. Like it's, I can't normally have like what we call a whoosh. Like at first, oh God, I dropped three or four. Nope. My body's like, you know what? You've gone too far and this is where we're going to stay now for a uh, long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to make me work for every one of them. Well, so. and you're, you're in your, you're 40 now, right? You're 41. One. So yeah, it's just tougher. About to turn 42. It's tougher, man. I can't, listen, I can't. I'm 46, John. Wow. So you don't look a day over 45 though. Thank you. So. Uh, you're looking up my BMI right now. Aren't you? You're trying to see. Up. I'm morbidly I just, obese. Well, I just want to see what the, your high and your 175 because you're saying that's your threshold. So that BMI here we go is 25.8, which I want to say 25 is overweight. Yeah, 25 to 25, 29.9 is overweight. So you technically need to get down to 170. I bet to 170 to be in yep. your normal. I bet you. Yeah. No, 25.1. So you're technically at 25.1 BMI, even at 170. So you need to be like 169, probably. That's about, look, 167 is like perfect for me, or 168. Yeah. 165 is. is but again, is, we've already said that we don't believe in the BMI. Correct. So now you're letting it. But no, what's don't interesting. Let it in your head, John. What's interesting is, is, though, is that's when I feel right. Like 165 is John doing insanity uh, or John yeah. working out religiously. Eating everything right, my body will not go below one sixty five. I like, work it's like, out religiously, like now religion. Like, didn't you say that the latest Barna results were that people who said they're regular attenders at church, it's one out of four. One out of so every. So I work weeks. out religiously. <laughs> <laughs> I attend one of every four workouts. That's about right. So, I don't know. I don't know. And Laura read a good thing this week that someone said, "Hey, pick three. There's a whole movement." Like at this. Panera, you get a soup bowl. Uh, you get a no way. <laughs> make that the, put the a, soup in the bread. It's a different I know, right? In it's a, a bread, bread bowl. bowl. But it's like, you know, listen, you're not gonna be able to work forty hour week job, mm-hmm. clean the house completely, work out, get eight hours of sleep, yeah. eat right. You're not gonna be able to do all seven things that you wanna do yeah. every day. Yeah. So 
give yourself a break and pick three for today. I like it. And and, and I kind of that's, live- that's her book. That's going to be Laura's book. I think it already is a book. She was oh, somebody no. else. Yeah. But that's I kind of live that way. Like, her book I'll, is about plagiarism. It's really hard on writing. <laughs> 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 I wrote a book on plagiarism. Uh, plagiarism. No, I, I, I'm kind of a like, especially with writing. Is and I think that it, it does almost take like prayer for me to get there. But I'll sense this whisper, mm-hmm. like, hey. You're not going to hit 1,500 words today, and you stop beating yourself up right, over okay. it. Like the day is just hijacked; it's yeah, just yeah. not going to go. And it's okay; you'll be all right. You to know? me, I focus so much more on my fitness—not necessarily how I eat, but definitely on working out during the pandemic. Because I felt like all my excuses were taken away. Yeah, like the whole thing of like, we well, don't have time. I got to catch a plane. I got to. Yeah, it was all gone, and so I was like, I'm here. It's nice out. If I don't start jogging or something, like, this yeah. is just a wasted. And I really got into it. And now I'm like, I don't want to say I'm addicted to it, but I've read somewhere more than once that, like, the endorphins that are released when you get into a good exercise pattern are the same as when you, like, fall in love. Yeah. It's the same exact chemicals. And also when you use cocaine, by the way. Wow. So people say, when people say that they're in love with exercise, they really are. Like, it's yeah. a thing. And so... I'm motivated more than I ever have been while also being like 46 and I have a, a realistic vibe about it. I'm not like, I'm going to get so jacked, but like, I want to look my best. I want to feel my best and I do feel better. Yeah. And a ton of my like stuff has been alleviated. Like when I lost the first 30 pounds, my snoring went away. That's gigantic for my marriage. Oh Yeah. Because it was like it was a, becoming a problem. Like my uh, wife, literally, my wife was going to the other room. Gigantic for your friendship, by the way, with me. Yeah, thank you. So, so I, I don't snore in the hotel room anymore. Yeah. I'm not that guy. No, and I used to have to like lay a certain way to, to make it even a little bit better. Now I can sleep any way I want. I can even sleep on my back and not snore. Wow. So anyway, that was big. Curry's like her restless leg went away. Like there's things like that where you go, my my quality of life is better. It's not just a matter of like I look oh, yeah, better. Yeah. It's like you really do. You know, I'm gonna be uh, like I just. Obviously, you start getting my age, you think about medical stuff. And, like, I want to be, I want to live longer. I have a lot of early death in my family. So I'm just like, I'm just trying to, you know, let's mitigate some of this stuff. So that's been good. But the BMI thing, you just have to let go sometimes. Like you said, you got to know what fits your life. I feel like for me, like you said, if you're doing insanity every day, if you're going to do, it's almost like there's a 10 pound range. I'm in a range now where I've maintained my weight for over six months, which I've never been able to do my whole life. I've never, my adult life, I've never done that. So this is a huge victory for me, mm-hmm. just the maintaining. It's awesome. And it's because I'm exercising every day. But if I wanted to be like 205 or 204 and have the BMI, that's a full-time job now. Yep. That's a quit the comedy career, mm-hmm. get a personal trainer, eat tuna out of a bag, one of those tuna bag people where they just tear open yep. the star kiss and eat it with a fork from the bag. That's the guy I become. I'm just not. I'm not willing. Yeah, there's to do a it. quality of life that goes away. Then for me, yeah. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I, there have been times I really okay. I'm gonna there's see a it. season to do it just to see like what you're what capable, you're capable of. of. Like if I'm like I've joined like I've signed up for races and stuff to see like could I challenge myself? Yeah. Could I do a half marathon? But like yeah, then the season passes and you're like, Phew. well, you know, we talk about there's there's seasons to fast and there's seasons to feast. I mean, I mean that in a biblical way, but also in just a lifestyle wide meaning. There's a there's a there's always a good time. Even your doctor says that for you. I don't mean like literal necessarily. You don't eat, but that you do something different for that time. You yeah. don't have to call it a diet, but that you, hey, I'm going to take the next four weeks and do X. Yeah, that could be really good for you in all ways. It's like a reset, you know. But you can't live. Some people do. I to me, I don't find that healthy to live there 
because what will happen is, is if I try to live there, then when I just have a bad day or a normal day, then I end up once I'm off a wagon, I'm the kind yeah, of guy that goes, Ooh, yeah. everybody, let's go, you know, let's go start yeah. a bonfire and see how many bonbons we can eat. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'll, I've mixed a bonfire, few metaphors. Bonfires. <laughs> why would you bring bonbons a bon, to a bonfire? bonfire? I don't understand. Oh, I are mean, you, like burning the wagon. Are you melting it, a, a bon bonfire? Are you putting the bonbons on a stick and <laughs> hanging them over the fire as they drizzle into the, that's the weird. dumbest, that's the worst way to eat a bonbon I've ever heard of. <laughs> hey, uh, I remember when I was a kid, we used to go down we'd make a big bonfire. We'd all eat bonbons. Uh, I think I was in a cult. Guys, <laughs> colloquialism. Anyway. If you uh, want to be my ghostwriter, I, know, I don't think so. Yeah, the good news is I get to edit things when I write them. <laughs> Not when I'm speaking. If you check out my new book from Pendant Publishing, Bonfires, Bonbons, bonbons and <laughs> Bon Appetit. It's very, it's very alliterative. Oh, wow, that's good. But, you know, the deal is, though, it's better for me just to have, like, a balance, like a, hey, today is what it is. You know, yeah. let today be what it is. I think that's good. In I, fact, think that's the, I think that's the road to compromise, John. And I think you've just yeah. instructed our listeners yeah. how to let themselves off the hook well, and not pursue a holy life. No, I'm telling you, man, like, I want to do a series maybe early this next year on digital health. Yeah. Like, I got a friend I met uh, that through a book I'd written, he reached out and I kind of did some, just gave him a little advice on some things he was doing, but he has a whole, uh, his whole like life. He does a lot of corporate events talking about digital health, like actual ways online or with your devices, like what it's doing with anxiety. Like you literally pick up your phone as I said that. And then your iWatch. No, no, no. I was just looking at, no, I was looking at the clock though. So That's all I was doing. It's a, you, You're but, saying I'm unhealthy for that? I'm, Johnny, I think we know... I just knew that you were probably going to be talking for a long time. I was you, like, I got a second here. <laughs> like, no, I was like, you know why I called you here. You had that glazed over look in your eyes like, this is going to be a minute. This is going to be, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead. I understand. Digital health. No, but I'm saying... Yeah. I think we're scared of it. Right. No, I think, for sure. I think we're scared to talk about it because it is... Like, the idea of taking it away at all... Right. We're addicted. We're totally addicted. It's so... We'll tell our kids... Mm-hmm. We'll put a timer on their phones, but we don't want to put a timer on our phones. Yeah, and I wonder how people have done the whole thing of like where you have the you can limit because everybody has that setting uh-huh. in your iPhone now where you can limit your use of the apps. Great time, yeah. But then you can go change the limit, right? You have the ability to go in and say, you know what, I need six hours on Facebook today. Yeah. Sorry, phone. Listen, I made a mistake, and I told you when I first sat down at lunch today. Like number one, I took I took all social media off of my home screen. Yeah, really, really helps. I don't see the little bubbles. That tell me. So wait a minute, you still can scroll through I can, one page over and get to them? But my home screen, here's my, I, I recognize my own pattern was this. When I go to my home screen, it's the screen, only screen I'm on usually, mm-hmm. okay? Wherever there's a notification, I automatically hit it. Oh, okay. So like if I see mail has a little, I need to check my email. If I see text message, I have a text message. And then if I saw Twitter had a one, so I end up, check it. I don't. I instinctively do that. So I removed it from my, I don't see now. So do you see yourself taking it completely off the phone though? I see myself some days taking myself completely off of it. Yeah. Like if, if, and and I'm sure. It's getting pretty toxic. I'm sure sure. if you follow me, you notice I'm not posting. And now I'm writing about things that matter to me like crazy just because I. So you want people to go buy your thoughts. You don't need them on a free Twitter platform. (laughs) I will yet again say you can put out great messages on Twitter. Uh-huh. You cannot have a great conversation. No. 
And so about anything that matters of substance. Sure. So if you're, if you're talking about things of substance and you're hoping to have meaningful conversations, we can officially say the experiment has not worked. Mm-hmm. You can encourage if right. you're going to be the encouraging guy, I'm all for it. Go for it. Well, even Twitter in this inception was what was called a micro-blogging site. It wasn't yep. meant for conversations. Part one of 16 is not how they made Twitter, and that's what we have to do now to say anything of substance. Yeah. And you're going to be interrupted by people who are uneducated. It's like, the, what was the guy who wrote The Death of Expertise, Tom Nichols? Uh-huh. He he talks about that, the, the idea that... It's the loudest voice, not necessarily the most educated voice. This sometimes wins the day on social media, and yep. that's a real shame. Yep. Um, Just because 100,000 people retweeted your thing is, right. should not bring you comfort necessarily. I've never had it happen. So if it happens from, to me, <laughs> I'll be the outlier that it, it did matter. And it, I, it was a great thing. <laughs> it is a possibility that the wrong mob is supporting you. Yeah. Well, yeah. that'd be a bummer, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's like a... The wrong mob is a book title, by the way. Mm, come on now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you're going to want me to write. Yeah. Could you please? You're like, could you? Listen, I'm telling you, we need a Johnny W. Don't you think? book with, with John Driver. Or, what if, I, what if I chose another ghostwriter? Wouldn't you be just, just devastated? <laughs> you, hey, I found a guy. He was backstage in one of the shows, and he said he writes. Turns out he writes books. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it before. Actually, I would see why you might go with somebody else. Oh, because you're a little too close. Yeah. Although, I think that'd make me a better writer for you. Mm. because the more I know you, that's the whole idea is I have to get inside your head and write in your voice. So look, all you would need if I was your writer, Okay, what you really need me for, for someone like $48,000 down, you, (laughs) what's it going to cost me to get into this book? Uh, what you would need for me, and this is what I do for a lot of people. A lot of people are already writers. What I serve as is the project manager for them. Mm. So what I say is, Hey dude, I need 5,000 words by next Friday. Yeah, and and, and I, I say, oh, or, or I say, <laughs> I say, hey, I need you to just write like little little bullets yeah. of your your thirty favorite stories. So you would say, oh, the one in Jacksonville, like you know what it is. You're not right, and then when we have interview, yeah, then you talk out that story. I record it and I write it for you in your own words, oh, okay. and I and I make it well. Right. Except I make it better. So I I'm think, like, let's give it a shot. I don't know. So then all you got to do is we'll go write 30 bullets. You know what I'm saying? And just think. All you got to do is think, and then you can just be yourself, and then you can just talk, and then I'll bring you stuff, and then you Can we call him something else? You know I'm not a gun guy. (laughs) I'm kidding. 30 arrows. uh, 30 (laughs) golf clubs. Yeah. So, no, I mean, dude, we should write something. Let's do it. We should write. I'm going to go off Twitter and spend this next year just... Go diving, hey, just a di- deep dive into me. It won't take a year. We can to do. Lake Johnny. Lake Johnny. What do you think if, uh, here's the question. If we were to write a book together, yeah. could you write a book that wasn't funny? That was clever, that, but, what, but not necessarily uh, like trying to make everybody, like, could you write a book about the serious stuff we, we talk about? Maybe. I mean, it would have to be bookended with. Sure. Yeah. I don't think that I, because I'm, I would. It's like what Allison said about her podcast where she wanted to make a make something she didn't see in the marketplace. Yeah. And I would probably it's one of the reasons I've probably not done one yet, because I'm like, well, this is probably an idea yeah. that's already been seen, it's been done. But but yeah, so I would want to tell stories that I think people would be interested in, which means I would try to lead with something funny. But it would have some meaning behind it or some heart behind it. You know, I wrote one like that. I didn't finish I wrote a proposal and yeah. it, it got rejected. Recent, it was recent. Stinks when you get your proposals rejected, it was, doesn't it? it was, <laughs> I told somebody today because I'm, I'm always 
usually helping somebody walk through a process, even if I'm not doing it with them, you know, yeah. and a guy's going to a writer conference, writer's conference, and he's going to meet some agents and stuff. And I'm kind of helping out with some proposal stuff. And I said, I just want to remind you, when I started writing, I got about one yes to every hundred no's. Hmm. I said, now that I'm quote unquote a professional writer, I still get about one yes for every 20 no's. Yeah. And he was like, he just, man, I was like, so just know, don't feel bad about no's. I mean, like, that's just life. <laughs> right. If you're going to do this, you just got to be okay with that, you know. Um, but I, I wrote a, a proposal for, uh, it was called um, Judgment, parentheses the good kind. Yeah. And I wrote in my funny voice from the Avid Endorsement and then from the Tim Hawkins book. Right. I wrote in the funny voice, but I wrote serious stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about, just using proverbs, like, you know, hey, here's, you know, I think I wrote about, you know, hey, you're, you know, your your crazy uncle. I forget what I named him. You know, he just tagged you as the Antichrist on Facebook again because you got five G. Like, you know, so I made this scenario that, quite honestly, is really not that far off. No, and it's not of of what life is like. But I made fun of it in a way, like you know, hey, this is going to be a book that's going to. We all have an uncle, an uncle, whatever you call him, you know. But this one will help keep you from becoming him. Yeah, you know. So, um, and they liked it. And they just the two publishers told me they really liked the book and the concept, but that my platform wasn't big enough. Right. So, uh, He'll rue the day, John. Oh my gosh, he will rue the day. And I agree with them. Once you do the Johnny book and it explodes for you, you'll go back to them and be like, "Huge mistake." It'll be like Pretty Woman. Huge mistake. Huge. Mistake. Huge. I want to know this, and I actually prayed about this yesterday. Yeah. Because we talked about this, but you you are in a whole other world because you have to in some ways. But your, your work is so tied to your social media platform and being accepted by strangers just in general right they get to decide whether i eat or not it's got to be terrifying not necessarily strangers on the internet but definitely strangers in a crowd that i'm Mm -hmm. in if they don't laugh what i do is not monetizable anymore yeah so it makes me an approval junkie how do you break free how do you ever break free from being an approval junkie when literally approval is what makes you worth your salt it's what makes you what you do yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, it's yeah. a trip. I told you what I think. You know, I think you're going to have to make some, all of us, by the way. Like, there are people right now through recovery that I am not seeking their approval, and yeah. I'm, I'm letting it happen. Well, let, I think let what life I, happen. Right. So, so, meaning, like, yes, you got to do the, you got to do the mm-hmm. show or whatever, but it's okay if everybody doesn't. Like if you lose that show because you did something that was more like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then that'd be that's, okay with that. And that that's what I've that's the reason I'm able to keep doing it and it doesn't like chip away at my soul is because I still think my show looks like me. Mm-hmm. If I ever look up and I go, Well, this is just something I said right. because I'm in front of people who will laugh at this. Mm-hmm. Um then I think if I have enough of that in my show, that's when you lose your soul. Is when you start going, What will people like? Yeah. Not what do I like, and then I'll go find the people that also like it. See, like that, so far I've been able to do those things, and it's been okay. But the, I feel like a day is coming where there's going to be a pressure not to be 100 percent myself, and that's when the rubber meets the road, right? So. Yeah. And see, that's the very similar thing to me in that the idea that I have to go build a social media following, yeah. which I've tried when mm-hmm. I was younger. To be the guy that posted two times a day to be like, you know, I knew all the research, all those things, but I can't, I struggle to then write well because it takes a lot of time yeah. to keep writing and, and not just other people's books. Like, you know, I'm writing sermons or I'm, you know, 
doing the job at church that I have. Like I'm, I'm spending, I'm doing life with people and shepherding and all those things. Like some, again, you got to pick three, right? Something has to give and every, but there, there is that moment when the publisher's rejection comes of, wow, we liked this, you know, but your platform is small. Yeah. And you go, I, by the way, I knew that already, you know, and I agree with you. And I'm at it. There is like a freedom to it to go, well, Jesus, you know, this is where you always talk about, you know, am I being, am I being lazy? Cause I'm not, uh, chasing down right. another thousand followers. So, because in the, in Christian publishing, at least they look at that more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, they, that's, that's the bummer is just even in Christian culture, uh, at large, we pretend to be about one thing, but then we have the same gauge of success. That's a bummer. Well, and, and the thing is, I'm not so sure. So even if you have a large following, it doesn't, it doesn't always produce sales. I mean, the, the, whatever yeah. produces sales, I'm not sure. Now, yeah, if sometimes people just have like a large following of people who are riled up because of what right. they are saying, but they're not, they've not figured out a way to make that into a career. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily directly, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it's, it is, again, Laura always says, uh, Correlation is not causation. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's, there's, it's related, but it's not. Necessarily- I think it's about providing. Like, I want to be a person who's providing a value. Yeah. For people who follow me, and um, and I think just if I'm adding value to their life, then they'll want to be around what I'm posting more. And then sometimes that'll turn into a show, and sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll just be like, "Hey, I've been following you for five years. I've never been to a show," and I'll be like, "Awesome, whatever." Yeah. And that's okay. Uh. But yeah, if you just are always thinking of like, how can this turn into a ticket sale or how can this turn into a booking? I think it turns you into something else than what you started out being, which is just a kid playing in the sandbox. Like that's what we all think of ourselves as is when we're creatives is like that spirit of joy of making a new thing. And I think when you lose that and it becomes about like, how do I keep paying for this house I have now? The pressure of that makes you make really bad art. So I'm yeah. trying to not fall into that. Yeah. Um, well, again, faith for me comes in so strong there because at that point, I have chosen a little more to to be sounds humanistic, but I don't mean it to be. It's actually in a faith way. I'm going to be more comfortable with the life I have. Yeah. And not always be thinking about how I'm going to either mitigate or manipulate or translate it into something else, um, because I can't. You know, I remember, remember Mark Batterson, uh, I got to connect with him. I never forget when I was telling him, I, I can't, man, I'm right. He, he was like, just write. Everybody's, you know, to make sure you're just writing. And at that point in time, when yeah. I finally connected with him, when I told him I had written more books than him, yeah. <laughs> but they were all unpublished. And I remember he was so gracious to me. He was like, okay, well, your problem is not that you're not writing then obviously. And then he said something that stuck with me. He goes, you cannot produce opportunity. Yeah. It is not, it is not, I mean, if in a faith world you can't, and that's a real challenge, I think, to a lot of our mindsets. The world says produce opportunity. He's like, all you can do though is be prepared and ready if God chooses to bring opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you need to be faithful to be ready for that. And that's still so hard, you know, to not chase and, and try to produce opportunity. I think you said the other day, like, you know, it, it, some doors, if you have to kick them down. Yeah, it's it, not your it's door. It's not the door. You know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm getting more comfortable going, look, uh, now I'm, I'm open. I always think like that. I'm all, I'm all about community and partnerships. Like, hey, 
somebody's listening here and you help build social media platforms and you want to help take content and I hire that person because it's just good stewardship to help get content to more people. But I can't be at the helm. I can be at the helm of content. I can't be at the helm of worrying about the SEO. You know, like I can't, I can't be sitting around thinking about all that all the time and also try to do the things I have to do. So I'm okay with that now. Like it may just mean, you know, if God, if God wants that book to go, he's going to have to, you know, but I also don't want to be lazy, you know, and not, you know, yeah. so, so there's that weird. So, yeah. Hey, Johnny, do you want to run my social media platform? I, I think that's where we want to be going. your CEO of SEO <laughs> and your mosquito warden <laughs> or whatever that is, whatever that position I forget is. What he was mosquito. I have to go. Mosquito. There's only one way to find out. I got to go back to Anna Marie Island. So oh, and even though the election's it's, over, it's going to so. be a while. I just wanted to see his acceptance speech. <laughs> like CNN's like, oh, well, we're going live right now. Anna Maria Island. He we won't concede. <laughs> They're saying he won't concede. That's great. Uh, I will not stop until every legal mosquito has been counted. <laughs> anyway, yeah, wow, that's funny. So we, that waited, was, we waited till the we end. We waited till the get... end. Hey, guys, we kept it today that's great. a little lighter. We know that life is still heavy, but we kept it a little lighter for you today. We did not talk about a lot of history or electoral college or any of that. So hopefully you had just a moment. You're so. welcome. You're very welcome. Loyal listeners. <laughs> Make sure you head over to our website, though, is talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Uh, it's a dot com, Johnny. We yes. don't have any of those dot edus no, we or don't. govs or we couldn't get a gov, Johnny. We <laughs> We're not <laughs> not in the government agency. We are the government's podcast. Um, so make sure you check that out and share and leave a review. And uh, if you want to run my social media, give me a call. Uh, give us a shout. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to chip in a few bucks, uh, Patreon dot com. Yep. Linked uh, from our podcast page, right? Yep. I think. From our website. Yeah. Share it. It helps uh, with the algorithm. It helps people find us. They've never listened to the show. We're always trying to grow the audience. You guys are very faithful, and it's great that you listen, and we're just trying to get uh, it to all the people that we can so that it's not just us wasting our time here, guys, because as you can tell, we got a lot going on. I don't, I don't have anything going on. But. Well, no, and we do. We appreciate you guys, especially when you tune in every week. So we'll be back next week on Talk About That. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.